0: and Talk Radio Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord Each and every one who are joining in with us this evening we bless God, we praise God, and we thank God for each and every one of you. I would like to take this opportunity to welcome you to this our one thousand three hundred and fifty third episode of Purpose Kingdom Network. Look at God! I know that right now, y'all are used to tuning in right here and hearing the voice of evangelist Mary Scott in her ministry, uh, Iron Sharpens Iron. But however, we bless God, we needed some rest this evening, and we thank God that we are able to come before you this evening for this special edition of Study for Life, and I will be your host for the next hour, Pastor Tyreen or Pastor Toy Chappie Daly. Amen. Um, I'm a little excited this evening about our topic. We are going to be coming from a familiar portion of scripture. We're gonna be coming from the book of Mark champ and we're gonna be talking about something that I really believe that we need in this uh era, this point of time in our lives with everything that's going on with COVID and restrictions being put on people and restrictions being lifted off of people and loved ones getting sick, loved ones dying. What we need right now is the peace of God. We need the peace of Jesus Christ in our lives, and that's what we are going to be talking about this evening. So as I always tell you when I'm on the air, I want you to grab your Bibles, the pen, paper, something to write on, something to write with, and let's get ready to study to show ourselves approved unto God. Workmen that need not be made ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. So now while you're getting those things together, I want to let you know, and for those of you who may be able to send out a um, text message or DM somebody, let them know we are broadcasting live on com backslash Purpose Kingdom. You can also join in with us live on the air by calling 319-527-6091. And if you would like to speak with us live on the air, simply hit 1, and our engineer will bring you in so that we can talk with you one-on-one. Amen. So now we're going to go into our scripture reading, and then immediately after our scripture reading, we are going to go into a word of prayer. And for today... Um, the scripture I'm reading from is actually the um, New King James Version. Amen? Again, Mark chapter 4, the book of Mark, that is um, the second book in the New Testament. The book of Mark chapter 4 and we're going to begin reading down at verse 35. And it reads, In the same day when the evening was come, he, talking about Jesus, said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side, and when they had sent away the multitude, they took Jesus even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full, and he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Amen. And we know that the word of the Lord is already blessed. We read Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through, and I'm sorry, I said 40, 35 through 41. Amen. And we're going to have a quick word of prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Father. Father God, it is once more and again that we, your handmaid servants, come humbly yet boldly before the throne of glory. We come, Father, first and foremost with the praise on our lips and in our hearts. We come to say thank you, Father. Thank you for all that you have done for us. Thank you for every provision you have made for us. Thank you for every provision you are giving unto us. Thank you for every blessing that you are allowing to flow. Hallelujah, God. We come to say thank you for the light that is running through our veins. We come to say Thank you, Father God, for another opportunity for your word to go forward this evening. We come to say thank you, Jesus, for the healings that are taking place this evening. Hallelujah, God. We just come to glorify you this evening. Hallelujah, Father. We ask, Father, now that you will come and toil the soil of our minds, that your word will fall on good ground and take root in the name of Jesus. That when we leave from each other, whether it be via phone or live stream, Lord, that we will be walking epistles of your word in the mighty name of Jesus. That when we get off of this uh airways this evening, Father, that we will be encouraged and empowered with the strength and the faith to turn around and tell the storm, peace, be still in the mighty name of Jesus, God. Lord, we ask that you will fill these airways with your Holy Spirit this evening, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Release a refreshing anointing right now, God, in the name of Jesus, Father. We ask, as we always do, that you will draw some lost soul this evening to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I ask personally, Father, I come before you submitting myself to your will, surrendering to your will in your way, that, Father, you will allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart to be acceptable in your sight through our Lord and Savior, our strength and our Redeemer, Jesus the Christ. It is in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen amen and amen. Hallelujah, God. So we are going to dive right in because, as I said, when you look at everything that is going on all around us, it just seems like there's so much confusion in the politics, in economic situations, in uh, uh, not just in the broad stream, but even in people's personal lives, sickness running rampant. Uh, confusing, confusion running rampant, people just trying to figure out which way they should go, which way they should turn. And Jesus, as I got word that I had to bring a word this evening, he began to deal with me on this passage of scripture when he told the disciples to come on, we have to go across the sea and the storm rose up. And he addressed the storm and said, peace, be still. And normally when you hear people talk or teach or preach on this particular passage, they usually come from the viewpoint of what manner of man is this, talking about what manner of man is Jesus. But for us today, we know that what manner of man is, Jesus is and Jesus was. He is the God-man. He is God tabernacling amongst us. He is the word manifested as flesh. Hallelujah, God. So we know because we are looking at it in hindsight who he is. We know the manner of who he is. But let's look at something deeper that I've just, in all honesty, got this revelation today. And now, when we go into the scripture, we see that Jesus and his disciples, um, after spending most of the day teaching and preaching and ministering to a large crowd by the sea, got onto a boat to cross over to the other side. And as they headed it out, Jesus went into the stern of the boat and went to sleep. Now, for those of you who don't know, and I'm not a real big uh, uh, naval or... A person, a a sea person that's on boats and on the river, but I do know a little bit of basics. And one of the things that I realized that I have to stop here and notice is that it said that Jesus went to the stern of the boat and went to sleep. Now, what you need to know about this area that he went into, the stern area, is that this is the area that the steering apparatus for a ship or a boat is usually located at. Amen. Is at the back of the boat. It's where the um. If you have one of those little power boats where you pull the thing and you put the propeller down into the water, that's at the back, the stern of the boat. Most um boats that have engines, engine roms are usually closer to the stern or the back of the boat. Amen. So what, what I want you to look at is that Jesus went to the stern of the boat. He went to the portion of the boat that is used for stirring the boat in the direction that it needs to go, and there he went to sleep. Amen? It, it's in the stern of the boat that you usually find the officer's quarters, you know, on the upper levels but further back in the boat and, and that you would find the officer's quarters or the captain's quarters in the stern of the where jesus went and when he went there he went there and fell asleep hallelujah god now y'all know i'm still stuck i'm hoping i need somebody to get this that jesus was at the part of the boat used for stirring. hallelujah that's where he should be in all of our boats. He should be in our boats at the steering apparatus of the boat. Hallelujah. They came out with a uh um what they call those things a bumper sticker years ago and it said Jesus is my co-pilot. Well, I said it the first time I saw it and I'm saying it again now tonight. Jesus should not be your co-pilot. Jesus should be your pilot. Jesus should be the one Steering your boat, driving your car, flying your plane, directing your life. Hallelujah. And in, getting back into the scripture, it was in this particular uh, place that Jesus went to sleep. And the scripture says that while he was sleeping, a fierce storm rose up. It was this storm that caused the disciples to fear. Now, one point of clarity here that I want you all to understand is that the disciples, a lot of them were seasoned fishermen. They were used to being out on a boat. They knew what to do if a storm arose. They knew how to put down the sails. They knew how to uh, drive the boat at angles and all those other little trick sailors. No, the disciples, most of them were experienced. Fishermen, but for some reason, this storm that came upon them must have been a storm uh, as such that they had never seen before because this particular storm caused the disciples, these experienced fishermen, to have fear so much so that they began to fear. Their lives and and the fear had gotten such a huge grip on them that the fear caused their faith to be shaken. Hallelujah, God. Have you ever been in a situation of fearfulness to the point where you forgot what God had already brought you through? Hallelujah. Have you ever been in a place of fearfulness that you forgot the promises? That God has made to you, have you ever been so afraid that when you thought about the situation, you could see no way out? That's what I need you to understand and, and why we're talking about fear in this conscience is because what we find in situations is that fear can discourage and sometimes remove your faith. Amen? There, there's a difference between a healthy fear and an unhealthy fear. Let, let, let's deal with fear for just a second. Uh, fear is, as I said, there are two types. There's a healthy fear, and then there is an unhealthy fear. A healthy fear is one that will keep you out of trouble. Healthy fears usually keeps you safe From harm. For example, you know that a fire will burn you. So when you are around or have to deal with fire of any sort, even if it's on a stove, you tend to be cautious because you fear what can happen if the fire gets out of control. You fear what can happen if you get burned by the fire. It is a fear of getting burned. It is the fear of getting harmed that actually causes you to take the precautions that you need to take while you're dealing with the fire, and it helps you to remain safe. Amen? That That is a healthy type of fear. It's actually more like a respect for something. And and that's the type of fear that we read about in the Bible when it talks about having a fear for God, having that respect for God, knowing not just who He is and what He is and what He has done, but what He can do. Hallelujah, God. Knowing that we live in His economy of love, but knowing that He has a wrathful side. Hallelujah, God. Knowing that through salvation we have become His righteousness, but knowing that He has a plan of punishment. For the wicked, Hallelujah, God. So there, there is a healthy, but then, as I said, there is also an unhealthy fear, and the unhealthy fear is the one that causes us problems. The unhealthy fear is the one that makes us think about the negative things that could happen despite the reality that God has already provided for us. Amen. The unhealthy fear tells us it is all bad, even though we see evidence of good. The unhealthy fear makes us walk differently from those who are walking in their faith, in their faith. Because our focus is on what is causing us to be afraid, amen, uh, 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 versus being, fo- uh, uh, being focused on he who has given us the reason to have faith. Instead of being focused on what's causing us to be afraid, we should focus on him who has given us the spirit of power, amen, hallelujah, When we focus on the one who has given us the reason to have faith, then we are able to walk in that faith, thus driving out the fear. Amen. When we see the disciples here, they are caught up in an unhealthy fear. As I said, they they were in a boat, and and the boat that they were on was in a ship. And the captain of the ship, the master of the ship, the one who told them to get onto the ship, had went to sleep, and a storm had ar- arisen. And this storm was so great that the scripture tells us in Mark 4 and 37 that the ship was beginning to become full of water. Amen? Now, understand, the ship wasn't getting full of water because the ship had sprung a leak. What was actually causing the ship to get full of water was the rain, the wind, and the waves. Amen. Hallelujah, God. I got a side note there. Thank you, Jesus. Because, see, some of y'all out there think, because y'all see people caught up in storms, and their boat seems like it's getting filled up with water, and it looks like, they are about to drown and you're sitting there looking and you're like, oh, their boat must be broke. It must be something wrong with their boat. There must be a hole in their boat. You know how we do as Christians. I know I hear y'all going, uh-uh, not me, not me. Yeah, you too. You know, we sit and we pass judgment on while we think water is getting in somebody's boat. But God told me to let you know it's not that your boat is broke. It's just that the storm you're in is just that rough. Hallelujah, God. But remember, there's a, a blessing at the end of this storm. We're going to get to speaking that peace in a minute, but I wanted to encourage you in your storm that, to understand that Jesus Christ is still with you. Jesus Christ is right there by your side. Now, the scripture says that the storm had gotten the water into the the boat, and, and I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead hit of myself. I got to calm down. I told y'all I, I'm a little bit excited here. It, it, uh, the word that they used here for the storm actually signifies a tempest of wind with rain, which means that the ship, not being a huge ship, but being a little bit bigger than the other ships with them, when the waves beat into it, water was coming up onto the ship. When the rain was falling, it was falling into the ship. When the wind was blowing, it was driving more water and seawater and rain into the ship. Hallelujah, God. And I need you to know, don't get discouraged because you see water on your ship. What you need to make sure of is that you are one of the ships that has Christ on it. Hallelujah. And I'm going to get to why I'm saying that because the scripture says that when he started off across the seas, he was in the ship with his disciples, but there were with him other little ships. With which no doubt went through the same distress and danger that the disciples went through. Now, this is the part that gets me because they always talk about the fear that came over the disciples. Now, Jesus was on the boat with the disciples. Now, yes, he was asleep. We're going to talk about him being asleep in a second, but he was on the boat with The disciples. The other boat. He was not on the boat with those people. However, those people had a yearning and a love for Jesus, and because they knew he was on that one boat, they were willing to jump in their boat and follow after him. Somebody gonna catch this. Some of y'all out there may be the only Jesus walking that folk have seen. Hallelujah, God. You might be the only saved person on your job. You may be the only saved person in your neighborhood. You might be the only saved person in your house. You might be the only saved in your family. And you're trying to figure out why so many people just clinging and following after you. And at first I need to let you know that they're not really following after you they're following after the Christ in you. Hallelujah, God. And because they're following after the Christ in you, they're watching what you do. And because they're watching what you do, they're going to react in the mannerism and what they see you react. Hallelujah, God. So that when the disciples who were with Jesus on the boat started to panic, all the other little ships started to panic hallelujah god how do i know because the word of god tells us the, the word of god didn't say that the storm just hit the ship that the disciples were going they said there arose a great storm so everyone that was in the sea that day everyone that was on their way with jesus to the other side got caught up in that storm hallelujah god Somebody sitting there going, well, you know, I I I don't even go to church like that. I, I'm seeking after God. And I'm seeking to know the Lord, and it just seems like every time I get close, I keep getting caught up in something, and it's always one thing after the other. That's because you're following after Jesus to the other side, and I don't want you to get discouraged in the storm, because as I said. In the scripture, we wrote it a few minutes earlier, and I'm trying not to jump there. He's going to come and speak to your storm. Hallelujah, God. So as I said, there were other ships out there that was caught up in the storm with uh, the people. And in the midst of it, the disciples became fearful. They became fearful unto death because they thought they were going to die. Now, before I jump into the fearfulness of, I need you to understand that there are two words, two Greek words in the scripture to describe fear. The first is the And the second is, uh, I want to make sure I pronounce this right. Is Phobos. Amen. It's Dalia and Phobos. now, Dahlia is used to refer to cowardness or unmanliness or being too timid. Um, When Paul was counseling Timothy concerning what he was dealing with as a young pastor, Timothy was getting spiritually and emotionally beat up on by some of the members of the sanctuary and some of the people outside of the sanctuary. And Paul was encouraging him in Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven, where he reminded him God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidness, but a spirit of power and love and discipline or sound mind, depending on what uh translation you are reading. Now, the fear that he was talking to Timothy about is an unhealthy fear for any believer who has a leadership role and must take a stance against anything being done against God's word. But this isn't the same fear that the, the experience on that day in the boat. I know because it says something about, you know, uh, the uh referring with timidness and cowardness and unmanliness, and because they got scared, some people would like you to believe that that was the same type of fear that they were experiencing. But no, that wasn't the same type of experience that the disciples had. See, when the waves were crashing against the ship and actually overflowing it, and the disciples thought that they would die, they became paralyzed with fear and that paralyzation of fear caused them to temporarily lose their faith the fear temporarily drove their faith right out of them hallelujah you 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 see it the greek word that jesus used for fear is called phobos It's where we get the word phobia from and that word denotes terror and being exceedingly afraid Versus, uh, which is different from uh, Delios or Delia. At first, the word meant Phobos meant to take flight, to take flight out of fear. Now, and I could imagine if you feel like you're drowning, the first thing is if the boat is going under is to try to get away from that which is going under. But this word Phobos means fear, dread, or terror, fear that the disciples were looking at that caused them to lose their faith. Even when we look at this storm of COVID-19 and we look at the death and the sickness and the hardship that it is causing people to go through, it could cause you to get to a place where it could create a paralyzing fear in you that could cause you to lose your faith. Remember when Jesus, after he rebuked the waves and he spoke and calmed the sea, the first thing he said to them were, "Why are you so afraid? Why are you without faith?" Hallelujah. First came the fear, and second came the loss of their faith. What I need you to get to understanding your spirit is is that you leave fear unchecked. Fear will race or chase your faith away. Hallelujah, God. Fear makes you think you can't do something when Jesus Christ told us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Hallelujah. Fear makes you think that you're going under when Jesus Christ has told us that we are the head and not the tail. Hallelujah, God. Fear makes you think that the attacks of the enemy will be successful, but Jesus Christ has told us that the weapons formed against us shall not prosper. Hallelujah, God. We have to remember to keep fear in check before it makes us check out. Of face. Hallelujah. And when you look at this story, what you notice is that when the winds and the waves begun to blow just a little too hard and the rain was now getting into the shit and the storm blew their faith right out of them. Why do I keep harping on that is because I don't want you to let the storms that's going on in your life make the faith get blown out of you hallelujah so then they went and woke up jesus now i have to give them their props right there even though they were a little nervous in their faith, even though they had gotten scared even though their faith was shook they still knew that we need to call on the master hallelujah somebody out there that's going through a storm feels like for whatever reason they can't turn and call on god for whatever reason, you feel like that you cannot turn and call on the name of Jesus. You think that since you've been on out in this storm that you have done some things that Jesus won't forgive you from. You think that you have done some things that God can't turn your situation around. But I want you to remember what God said in his word that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, Seek my face and pray. Hallelujah. All you got to do is seek his face and pray. Because understand, the humbling comes when you begin to seek his face. The humbling comes when you begin to pray. And not just pray, but then you have to turn from your wicked ways. You have to allow him to steer the ship in another direction. The word of God. Says if you would do those things, then will he hear from heaven and he can heal your land. Hallelujah, God. No matter how crazy your waves may look, no matter how bad your storm may be, remember that you can always turn and go to Jesus. Oh, I wish I could preach this thing like I'm feeling this thing. When the storm rose and they feared for their lives, they immediately went to Jesus and woke him up. Now, I got to take a side note here because I always wondered,
1: hallelujah,
0: God, God being Jesus in the flesh, Jesus being the God man who knew all and knows all. He knew that the storm was coming. So it always blew my mind. God, why did you fall asleep? Why would you get them out in the boat and go to sleep if you knew the storm was coming. And what he said to me was the same reason that the teacher gets quiet when the test is being given. Hallelujah, God. Because what it said was they had spent the whole day ministering to the people. They had spent the whole day with Jesus, watching him heal, watching him deliver, watching him cast out demons, watching him meet the needs of the multitude. When they got into the boat, And he's because he said we have work to do on the other side, they stepped to the boat on faith. Hallelujah. When they started rowing out or sailing out across the sea, they was doing it by faith. But then when the storm came up and got a little rough, their faith went away. Mm, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Somebody out there, the Lord been told to do something, been told to go minister, and told to go feed the homeless, been told to go feed the hungry, been told to go pray over the sick, been told to go visit the prison, then told, I don't know what he told you to do, but he told you to do something and you started to do it but then your storm came and the storm is making you think that you can't do what god has told you to do but what i need you to understand what god has sent me on my way to glory to let you know this evening is that there's always a storm when the boat first sets out. Hallelujah, God, because the enemy wants to discourage you. But it is in that storm, it is in that place where you can't hear Jesus, where you don't really see Jesus, that he needs you to understand that he is still right there by your side. Hallelujah. I forget which uh, songwriter wrote the song, yes. I'll serve you, Lord. But there's a portion in his song where he goes, will you trust me? And he said, yes, I'll trust you, Lord. And then he says, even when you do not hear me, will you still trust me? Even when you cannot feel me, will you still trust me? Even when you don't see me, will you still trust me? And the songwriter said, yes. I'll trust you, Lord. That's what Jesus is saying to you today. Will you still trust him? Hallelujah. Even though you're going through the test and he's not there to give you the answer right that second, will you still trust him? Hallelujah. So he was in the back of the boat and he was asleep. And when they had awakened him, what I love about it is, he immediately went to handle the problem they woke him up for, you, Lord. Mm, thank you, G. That was two. Two just dropped in. One is somebody need to go wake up Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Somebody needs to wake up Jesus this evening, and it's not because that Jesus is asleep. It's truthfully because you placed him asleep in your life. Mm, I know y'all ain't like that. But somebody out there who grew up in Christ, who knows about the salvation of Jesus Christ, who knows of the goodness of the Lord, who has tasted and seen that the Lord was good, yet for whatever reason have turned their back. Jesus is calling out to you today in the midst of your storm, saying, if you will come to me, if you will call out to me, if you will return to me, hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. I can speak to your storm and we can have a different situation. And notice that when they woke up Jesus, he did not deal with anything going on with them at that second. He looked at what was attacking them, the storm, and he got up and said, peace, be still. To the winds and the waves and everything went silent. Hallelujah, the wind stopped blowing and the waves stopped crashing against the boat. Once everything was settled, the second thing Jesus did was look at his disciples and ask them why were uh, why they were so fearful and faithless. Now, if you notice, he said he spoke to the wind and the waves, and he didn't speak long. He didn't do, oh, I need the waves under the power of God. to do. He just looked up and said, peace, be still. Hallelujah, God. Somebody this evening needs to allow, to allow Jesus to speak to them this evening to their situation and simply just say, peace, be still, hallelujah, God. Because when you talk in the authority of Jesus Christ, even Lucifer himself has to bow down, hallelujah. The word of God says that at the, at the name of Jesus, hallelujah, every knee. Will bow. Every knee must bow. They either going to do it now or they going to do it later. But some point in time, they will bow. Hallelujah, God. Somebody needs to speak to their situation this evening and just simply seek peace. Now, this next point is, is important because it was something that God really illuminated my spirit with today. It was something that I had never really got a good understanding of until studying for this evening because I always wondered, you know, they got scared, they went to Jesus, Jesus handled the situation, but then when you read, it says he, he, he sort of rebuked them and not, not in the way that we look at rebuke, but he, he disciplined them or if we would say it politically correct. Today, he redirected them for all of those who work in uh, uh, the mental health and behavioral health field. He redirected them, and he asked them, why were they so fearful and faithless? Now, what I want you to understand, again, is their fear canceled out their faith. Their fear rightly caused them to run to Jesus, but in Jesus' response, it leads to what we would have expected his disciples to do. I said, God, why would you say to them, you, you, where is your faith, and why are you so fearful? Like, I mean, the water was coming up over the boat, but then he had to remind me, but they fishermen, it ain't their first storm. Mmm, Jesus, I, I had to receive that, that. That settled in my spirit, that they're fishermen, and it's not their first storm. So they've been in storms before I even got here, that they knew what to do and how to do. And now I'm here with them, and I've been teaching them and training them. Now, don't take me wrong. I I get that they was a little nervous but they shouldn't have been that fearful. And somebody said, well, how do you know they were more fearful than what they would have normally been? Because when they woke up Jesus, they said, Master, don't you care that we perish? In other words, God, don't you care that we're dying? God, don't you care that we're suffering? Hallelujah, God. I hear somebody in my spiritual ear saying that same prayer this evening, even over COVID situations, even over the financial situation, over their relationships, they're screaming out to God, Father, do you not care that I'm perishing? Do you not care that I'm suffering? Do you not care? What I need you to know is when you can get to a place where you're saying, God, don't you care? Understand that fear has grabbed you. For the word of God says that God cares about all of his creation. If he teaches us through the parable of Jesus Christ that If he makes sure that the birds eat every day and that the flowers are clothed in such beautiful array, how much more would he take care of we, his creation? Hallelujah, God. The word of God tells us that he who watches over Israel never slumbers nor sleeps. So, yes, he is caring about what we are going through. So then I said, well, God, you said to them, you you know, where is their faithfulness? And, and it, it struck me. Maybe what God was saying was, why didn't you handle this? Y'all been walking with me. I've been teaching you. I've bestowed my powers into you. I've sent you out to minister, to heal. I've sent you out to cast out demons. Why didn't y'all just turn around and say in the name of Jesus, peace be still? Y'all, t- y'all casting out demons in the name of Jesus. Y'all came back with the report. What that got to do with us today? Somebody out there sitting there going through because you can't get through to your pastor on the phone somebody going through because you can't get through your mama or your grandmama to pray. And what God is trying to tell you today, why are you so fearful? You can come to me yourself. You can call on the name of Jesus for yourself. You can ask for direction and instruction for yourself. Now, don't take me wrong. I'm not telling you that you're not supposed to seek pastoral counseling. Yes, you are. Yes, you are supposed to come together in prayer. The Word of God tells us when we can't do things, we're supposed to seek out the elders and the mothers of the sanctuary. They're supposed to be prayer warriors. They're supposed to pray with us, to counsel us, to labor for the Lord with us. Yes, all of this is true. However, what I'm also trying to get you to understand is through the saving power and blood of Jesus Christ, you have the opportunity to go into the holies of holies, into the presence of God for yourself, and declare over your own storm In the name of Jesus, peace, be still. Hallelujah, God. There was a show that uh, uh, came out years ago, and I know I'm getting ready to tell my age. I was a little girl the first time I ever saw it, probably a teen the second time, but it was called Walking Tall. And in this movie that came out, there was um, the sheriff, and he had hired a deputy. And this was during a a really highly racial time in the history of America. I mean, it's still very racial now, but that's another topic for another time. And during this time, the deputy was a black man, and he was a black man during a period of time deep down in the South where they did not feel as though men and women of color should have power. And there was a white man that the deputy had to go and arrest. And in him going to arrest this uh this white man, he called to the sheriff and said, um, sheriff, you know the guy you sent me to arrest, he, he's a white man. Um, I might need you to come and help me. And the sheriff said, no, you're the deputy. I hired you for this. This is your job. Go and do your job. And the man called back a second time, and he said, go and do. Your job, but then I guess the the sheriff thought about it for a while and thought about exactly the situation that his deputy was walking in, and wondered if he was going to be okay to stand alone, so the deputy goes to where this man is trying to arrest the other man and you see the black. Uh, the sheriff goes and you see the deputy coming out and he has the man in custody, but his clothes is torn and he has scuff marks all over him and he has his gun pointed as he's holding the man and backing out of the door. And the sheriff comes up and says, well, what happened? And he said, I arrested the man. Now here's the difference. It reminded me of that because what happened was, the deputy had the where for how. He had the permission, the authority, and the backing to do a particular job. But because of the situation and the tensions of that time, he was afraid to do his job. Now, in doing his job, no one ever said to this deputy that everything was going to be smooth sailing. No one ever said to this deputy that he would not get hurt no one ever said to this deputy that his life would not be put in risk but what was said to him was that you have the authority to do a job hallelujah god what god is trying to tell some of you today is that he has deputized you through the power of the holy spirit and has given you the power to address some situations in your life hallelujah in the name of Jesus, and that you have the power in your tongue to turn and say to the storm, in the name of Jesus, peace, be still, and it shall be still. Amen? Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. So when we get back to the scripture, we know that when he spoke to the storm and He to the waves, that the waves and the storm they obeyed his command, and when the disciples saw the winds blowing and the waves crashing against the overflowing ship, and it, it caused them to forget about what Christ had done for them, they forgot about the people that he had already healed. They forgot about some of the teachings that he had already they had already received under him. They forgot about the leper that was healed of his leprosy. They forgot about the centurion's daughter who was healed by Jesus just speaking a word. Everything they had experienced with Jesus left their minds when the storm arose and they entered into fear. When the fear came crashing in, their faith went rushing out. When they came to their senses and went to Jesus, Jesus woke up and spoke three words. Peace be. For those of you who know Jesus and the pardoning of your sins, and you find yourself in a situation that you are going through
1: this evening,
0: all you have to do is say, Peace, be still. But there are some of you out there this evening you know of Jesus, but you don't know Jesus. You sort of like those little boats that was following him in the water. You're, you're trying to get to know him, but he's just not on your boat. Even God has given the opportunity for you to invite Jesus into your boat. Somebody going, what boat? I, I, I don't have a boat. Well, you know, this flesh that our spirits dwell in, we can refer to it as a boat, a car, a house, a a temporary vehicle getting us from point A to point B, from life in this reality to life everlasting, from a, a physical presence to us being in the spiritual presence of God through Jesus Christ in eternity. Tonight is your opportunity to invite Christ onto your boat, into your life. And it's not something that's difficult to do. It's a simple prayer that you pray. The word of God tells us that if we accept into our heart, that means if you believe in him, if you believe that he is who he says he is and that he did what he said he did, if you believe that in your heart, accept him into your heart and confess him out your mouth, that the same shall be saved. Again, it's not hard to do. You just simply say this prayer after me. You can say, Father God, I accept the gift of your son Jesus into my life. I ask him to come into my boat. I ask him to take seat at the stern of my boat, at the stirring apparatus I ask him to not be my co-pilot but the pilot I ask him not to be my my uh uh my oh thank you Jesus I ask him not to be my understudy but my main performer hallelujah God we give him center stage in our life we give him center stage in our heart we ask him to forgive us of our sins and to begin to make us new. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you said that prayer, you just tell somebody. You don't have to wait until Sunday morning, Sabbath, worship, Bible study, prayer service. You can call somebody on the phone and say, hey, I just accepted Jesus as my personal Savior. You can send a text message out. If there's nobody in your house, you can go outside if you live in an urban city and scream it at the top of your lungs. But as soon as you say it out of your mouth, According to God's word, you are saved, and we welcome you to the kingdom of God. Now, of course, we encourage you to find the Bible believing, teaching, preaching sanctuary where you can grow in the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and heal from the trials and the tribulations of this world. But until you do bless God, that is why Purpose Kingdom Network is here for you. Brother Robert is going to come on and he is going to give you some further instructions on how you can follow us here at Purpose Kingdom Network as well as some information on our upcoming end-of-the-year revival, and then we will be back to close you out. Brother Rob?
1: Yes, real quickly, I'm going to go ahead and do the announcements. This is a part Product the Purpose Kingdom Network, and I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us for tonight's episode. Whether you are join us online or via phone, we just thank you so much for giving us some time and uh, just being in your homes and just inviting you know, the word of Christ in your life. We thank you so much for that. Go to contact us here via email. You can contact us at purposekindomnet at gmail.com where you can send your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello or send a prayer request. We gladly honor that. And uh, if you have embedded uh, Christ in your life, we also would like to uh, spread the word. And we uh, thank you so much. Uh, we're also on Instagram and Twitter at Purpose underscore kingdom. We can do likewise. We invite you to like us on our Facebook page at Purpose Kingdom. We can see our upcoming shows and advertisements and talking about upcoming shows and advertisements our end of the year revival is coming up and we're going to be starting at december 25th and it's going to end on december 31st where we uh you know bring uh price into our life and a uh, really dedication for 2021 every show is starting at 9 pm for our december 31st show which' is going to start at 11 pm p.m. Starting off on December 25th is going to be Minister Bernard Marrow, and on the 26th is going to be Minister Dominique Hudson. On December 27th, it's going to be Reverend Arthur Burgess III. On December 28th, we're going to have Reverend Aaron Williams, and on December 28th, we're going to have, uh, excuse me, 29th, we're going to have Minister Ardenas Jackson. And on the 30th, we're going to have Minister Rob Hudson. And then on December 31st at 11 p.m., we're going to have Pastor Toy Daly. Each show will have testimony. And um, just stay tuned and just uh, listen in and enjoy. We thank you so much uh, for just, uh, you know, allowing us to uh, bring in the new year as we uh, just close out the old year uh, with you. Thank you so much. And uh, with that being said, I'm going to turn the uh, program – wait a minute. Uh, One more announcement. Uh, As far as uh, tomorrow's show, we have – tomorrow's show is going to be starting at 9 p.m., and it is going to be – right now I don't have the uh, name offhand, but we will have a show tomorrow evening at 9 p.m., Please join us and uh, feel free to um, just invite a friend. We thank you so much for that. with that, I'm going to just uh, go ahead and bring Pastor Toy on where she can close our show out and uh, we'll have a great night.
0: Praise the Lord. I pray that everyone is able to join in with us for the revival as well as for tomorrow evening. Um, You do not want to miss the move of God that is, is coming our way. As I close out the message this evening, I want to leave you with a couple of thoughts. The first one, and for me, I think one of the most important ones is for you to remember that we can only occupy one space at a time. I'm going to say it again. We can only occupy one space at a time, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So knowing that we can only occupy one space at a time, we must understand we cannot walk in faith and fear at the same time. We cannot be terrorized by fear and walk in faith at the same time. One will always drive the other out. If we are perfected in God's love and walk in the assurance of it, we will be able to put up roadblocks, against that spirit of fear as it comes toward us. And what I really want us to remember is that if we take a firm and remember Jesus' word, peace, be still. Just as faith drives out fear, peace drives out torment. Again, we cannot exist in both at the same time. Secondly, Sometimes we must step away from a situation to see what is truly happening around us. Instead of being a participant in the situation, we must become an observer. When the disciples were on the boat, they were participants. They all all they could see was the storm, all they could feel was the boat rocking, all they felt was the wetness of the water coming up over the boat. All they could see was the arguments of the world physical element. Yet when Jesus got up, he became an observer. Although he was on the same boat, he did not act as a participant. He observed what was happening with the weather and he observed his disciples. When he looked at his disciples, he focused on their faith. When he looked at the situation, he focused on the winds and the waves. He was not worried about the arguments that was going forth between the world's elements. All he was concerned about was the faith of his disciples. He did just what we do when we see kids in a heated argument. We get up, we separate them, and we tell them to be quiet. And that's what he did. He separated his children from the elements of the world and told the world to be quiet. Somebody going to catch that. Remember, be not, be ye not conformed to this world, but by the renewing of our minds. although we're in this world, we are not of this world. And when we realize that God will step in and will be that, I'm sorry, God will step in and will become that difference, that buffer, that protector that we need that gives us the power to say peace. And peace shall come forward. As you go throughout the rest of this day, I want you to remember to speak peace in your situation, to speak peace in the situations of those around you to speak peace into your life, and when the devil lifts his head, when Lucifer sends his demons and those little spirits, I call them kindergarten demons, on attack, you have the power through the fullness, the authority, and the unctioning of the Holy Spirit to say what I'm about to say to you this evening. Peace be closed with the word of Prayer by Evangelist Todd, and he is going to pray peace over our lives. Evangelist,
1: hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father God, we come in spirit and truth. Father God, just to worship you and to praise you, Father God. Come in your presence, Father God, only to seek your, your will, Father God. We come seeking, it, Father God, for all those who are listening, Father God, and for what we'll be told about tonight, Father God. Nothing but peace, Father God. Peace in the middle of the storms, Father God. Peace when the loose is first temple, Father God. Peace, Father God, when they are only... When they're not listening, when they're fighting themselves, Father God, to listen to you, Father God. But peace, Father God, to calm their spirits, Father God. Allow your presence to fall upon them, Father God, to fill them, Father God, to push away all that will, be, that will stop them, Father God, to push away Lucifer's will, Father God. We come now, Father God, seeking the defeat of Lucifer in his lives, Father God. We claim the victory only in Jesus' name and claim the peace in Jesus' name. We say yes unto you, and amen, amen, and amen.
0: God bless you, everyone. We will see you tomorrow evening, 9 p.m. God bless. Be blessed. Good night.
1: Jesus bless. He raised me. He I will not lose. He saved me. I will not lose. Set <laughs> free. I will not lose. Never wanna see me down. I will, I will not lose. Not.